0: hello and welcome to active listeners with mike and shane each week we interview guests about their goals and expectations as artists their artistic expression and the all-around nature of the artist's lifestyle whoa,
1: whoa whoa is there a de facto artist lifestyle
0: well that's one of the things we try to uncover
1: performers visual artists and musicians mike and i would like to talk to you about what you do why you do it and what that art means for your community
0: please follow active listeners on facebook or the twitter and join in on the conversation peace
1: Hello, active listeners, and welcome. I am Shane. And I am Mike. And today we have a couple cast and crew members from The Climb, which I'm sure you have heard about us talk on this show before. Mike has been talking about uh, it a lot because it actually premieres at the Madison Theater November 19th. And from what I understand, Uh, The Climb is a a socio-political, collaboratively written movie about class and race in America, put together by the Creative Action Unlimited. And with us today, we have Michael Kennedy and Aleah Peel. And if you two would do us a favor, go ahead, introduce yourself, let us know what your pronouns are, and... How about a fun fact about the climb thus far? What's, your, what's a little fun fact about the climb you can share? Uh, and that should get us into our conversation. So whenever you're ready, take it away. Uh,
2: okay, hi everybody. Uh, I'm Michael Kennedy. I'm the founder and artistic director of Creative Action Unlimited. Uh, she, her are my pronouns. A fun fact about the climb. Um, the climb didn't exist in any way six months ago. So, uh, it's created from absolutely nothing except a group of phenomenal actors and activists who were willing to explore the topic.
0: And Aliyah, tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Hi, I'm Aliyah and I am an actor that was, and uh, helped a little with the writing of The Climb and collaborating with everyone and my pronouns are she her and what a fun fact right um a fun fact would be maybe that um mike lake spearheaded building the stage for it and i <laughs> assisted him in that venture um along with a few other cohorts uh that were yes, part right. of the production so um i don't know i'm really proud of that for some reason
0: Julia <laughs> can uh really pre-drill a mean screw hole.
3: Yeah. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, all those years of strike and set build, you know, parts of my theater experience that came in handy. And I, I don't know, I had a blast with it.
0: So I think I want to start there. Michael, I know you just finished another film project. Talk about what it was like to shift from primarily theater work into into film work a little bit, and then we'll talk about the pieces specifically.
2: Okay, sure. Um, so Creative Action Unlimited is in its seventh year, and so for the first five years we did only theater productions, which is where I feel the most comfortable. Um, and then, uh, and then we were preparing a show about homelessness and housing instability called Shelter, and realized that we couldn't safely rehearse it and perform it live uh, at the beginning of COVID. And so we pivoted that to a film and we were lucky enough to have some folks in the company uh, know more about film than I did. And, uh, and doing that film really convinced me that it was possible to have the kind of emotional impact uh, through film that I'm used to being able to create on the stage. Um, we had a show that was uh, touring before COVID called "Whitewashed: The Racism Project" and that was very successful, getting a lot of bookings. And uh, and again, we needed to pivot. Uh, we had been told by audience members from the start that we really should turn it into a film so that it would have a broader reach. And I was busy doing bookings and said, "Yes, we'll consider it at some point in the future." Um, and then because of COVID, we we were able to pivot. We had to postpone filming for that twice, but we finally completed that last June. And it's in the very last stages of post-production right now and premieres of the Madison in October.
0: Aaliyah, how how was it? How was the experience for you?
3: The experience was very new. I have not done too much work and devised. I've I've done a little training, but not um, you know, post-training. So That was a lot of fun. And then to combine it with film and to be honest, I am petrified of film. I (laughs) um, I have more experience in little projects and off screen roles like uh, fight choreography. And um, so my exposure to film is minimal and in the performative instance. So it was it was a lot of fun. And I was a lot less scared of it once we got to it. than. I was building film up in my head and I just thought always to myself, I'm not patient enough for this stuff. I'm not, you know, like, I'm going to be there, like, you know, bugging out, having to be patient. And it's, it really, our process particularly feels um, as if that's not too much of a challenge, which is really great and super kudos to the production team, the film team.
1: From what I understand about this project, it was super collaborative and it's, and how it was created. Whenever I hear something about devising and something being so collaborative, I instantly go to theater. So it makes so much sense that your background is in theater. So what are some things that you took from the theater world and said, I'm going to make this work in movies, shifting uh, away from the stage and onto a film set is, is a big, big change. So, so what did you want to do with that?
2: Well, I think um, the process is the same. Um, So to create safety in the group to uh, to let people know that this is a place where it's where it's encouraged to do collaborative creative work. In a safe environment that's much easier to do for me because of my background in a room with actual people, so the challenge for me was, how do we do that on zoom Uh, we were we were collaborating and creating on Zoom for at least three months on this project before we were ever in a room together. And, um, and so it really, you know, I added some things to the process so that I would know some, uh, some information about actors' boundaries um, and what they needed to feel safe in Zoom, on Zoom or in, you know, in a room together in rehearsal and in performance. And I think that that was helpful Um, And we did some group building work right from the start so that people would feel like they really knew each other and could trust each other.
1: I love Zoom, personally. I know that is a very unpopular opinion (laughs) with theater makers. But for me, I think it is uh, a a tool that is
2: underutilized currently. Well, I'm adjusting to it. Because Because of my training and background, I would always rather be physically present with other people. I think that it's much easier to build a group that way. But, you know, I've learned in the past year and a half that it's not impossible to do that online.
1: And how was that experience for you, Aliyah? Uh,
3: oh, the, the Zoom experience is something that I kind of avoided for a while. I, did, I didn't do any public readings of plays. I did a couple of ones just to workshop them for um, playwrights. But I was kind of avoiding that. And then, um, and I was actually telling Mike earlier, I I did a Zoom production before, uh, well, actually it was while we were doing the climb process. So I had two different things happening on Zoom. And I kind of started to see the uniqueness and benefits of it when you're actually, um, whether you're doing work early in the rehearsal process, like the climb, or when it was, we were actually putting something out there for audience in that other project. And I don't know, it's interesting. It's the, the Michael used the um, breakout rooms, right? That's what they're called. Mm-hmm. I, I question it and I have literally taught things on Zoom. <laughs> um, so I've done it before. But Michael used the breakout rooms really, really well to help us get some one-on-one a time that we might normally get in a live situation you you know teachers utilize those to help with group work but i think in this process with the climate was especially helpful for me to get to know some of the people i wanted to get to know a little better and help us build those relationships so we could do this work safely
0: you we've kind of hit on the word safety safely we've hit on that a couple times so why don't why don't you share a little bit um either one of you um about uh, why, in particular, this type of work requires some special attention towards the actor's well-being.
3: With the movements, and I mean, it's been going on for a while. Movement to create a safer space for actors and a- any uh, team members in a um, in the production industry and in the theater industry. I really loved and. Was excited about in this process uh, was the use of the boundary form at the beginning, um, and I personally I think that should be kind of like there there should be every theater should do it every theater genuinely um, should find out what actors boundaries are so we don't have this energy of I must say yes to everything or else I'll be punished somehow for it and um, and really th- when when you go in with that it's it's harder to develop trust amongst the relationships and trust to the people spearheading whatever project you're working on um, without feeling like your boundaries are being respected. So that um, that from the get-go was really, um, for me personally, it made me feel very respected as a person and as an actor. Um, so I really appreciated that. And I think just getting check-ins, being able to even if it's in one word form or any type of form, checking in with the other group members, with the collaborators and with Michael and Megan and being able to put out what we needed to put out so we could either refocus onto what we were working on or utilize whatever's going on or get the support we needed to make sure that we could feel supported throughout the rehearsal, throughout the whole process. So I I enjoyed that very much.
1: And Aaliyah, please correct me if I'm wrong, but you're also a, a fight choreographer.
3: I am. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. So the idea of safety to you in a rehearsal room is not a foreign concept. So it's, it sounds like you're so you're so focused on physical safety and uh, Michael allows you to be uh, emotionally safe as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've known Michael for a long time and um, a really, really long time. And. Michael has always done that in in different forms, in different ways, has always established a safe space in the rehearsal room or class or whatever it is. And more and more people are doing it now, especially after um the Me Too movement. And it's funny you mentioned Fight Choreo because the intimacy directors movement. Didn't birth out of that, but birthed out of people with that overlapping experience that went, okay, we need to take this physical safety component, create emotional safety in intimacy, in theater in general. So um, they are very related in the safety aspect of them. I think I'll come at it from a broader perspective. So um,
2: Creative Action Unlimited focuses on on social issues. All of our shows are about social issues. So if you look at the productions that we have created and that are still available to tour, um, those shows are about things like substance use disorder, um, loving someone with a substance use disorder, and and also being someone with a substance use disorder who has found recovery. Uh, mental health issues, suicide prevention, uh, sex trafficking of minors, housing instability. Um, you know—so, So these are issues where um, for script development we are interviewing folks with personal experience with these issues. Um, so right from the start, we need to create a tremendous amount of safety around those interviews. We need to talk about um, how These are not governed by, you know, what what someone is saying to us is not governed by confidentiality in the way that it would be if they were talking to a counselor. Um, It does help that my background is in human services as well as in theater. So so, uh, people know me in a lot of different roles and I think feel safe with my ability to create that kind of process, but it's also important for me to, emphasize the difference between someone who's doing an interview with me for production versus somebody who is meeting with me uh, for emotional support, which I also do. Um, so uh, so right from the start, interviewing people who have this personal experience who may be carrying trauma, um, are they really ready to do an interview? Um, what is their purpose in participating? If it's, you know, if it's because it's important to them to share their story, which is almost always the case, we want to to make sure every step of the way that people feel ready to tell their story and that they have all the supports that they need around that. Um, So, yes, I want to get an impactful, touching script out of it, but not at the expense of the people who are contributing to it or performing it.
0: Yeah, stepping, you know, around to the other side of the proverbial table. um, I think another part of specifically uh, this in the climb is that, uh, Michael, you are a a white director and you found yourself in a room with five, you know, um, uh, white performers and then four performers of color. And one of the things kind of in service of safety for your your cast members, I remember is like one of our first rehearsals is you literally told us if if I'm saying something stupid or doing something dumb, like tell me to shut up <laughs> like and that was like so nice to hear. like I don't think anyone in that room would have told you to shut up but like it was nice to hear that you were like, hey, I'm not gonna have all these answers because it's impossible for me to have all these answers.
2: Well, and I think that it helped that, that I had just done Whitewash the Racism Project with an all-black cast. Um, that was a year's worth of preparation. Um, and that, you know, I went into it with the intention and I hope that I met that intention to do my own research um, and to do whatever it is that I need to do to take care of myself emotionally and to listen more than I talked. Um, but certainly over the course of the year, there were moments where that cast did not let me off the hook in terms of my white privilege and my white fragility. And I needed to be open to that. Um, it was a challenging, emotional year for me and I wouldn't have traded it for anything.
0: Aaliyah, uh, you too, you're, uh, you are one of the uh, white cast members. Um, and so how, what was your experience like? Would you say it was more like Michael's experience with Whitewashed where you were just learning a bunch Or um, have you have you had this kind of exposure in the past that led you to be able to be more comfortable in this space?
3: I may have been in a couple shows that were split about 50 50, um, but they were musicals and they were also shows that I can actually look back on having listened to the words of certain people in marginalized groups and gone hmm, we're those good shows today, you know, um, which I know so many of us have those stories and come out the other side knowing more and, um, and having the privilege to get that knowledge from people who are willing to share it as well as doing our own research. So it's um, it's very kind when people do, even if it's, you know, to push you to be better, when people call you out, that is probably the greatest gift they could give you. Um, and they don't have to do that is the thing. And none of you, you know, and, and Michael made that, uh, I think pretty clear. I, I hopefully, I don't know. Um, but the, but the idea that we are not depending on these people in the cast who have this experience with race to educate us, we need to do our own research. And if they choose to share, we are lucky for that, you know, but that's not something that should ever be put on someone. Um, so I I don't know that I've had the best versions of experience in diverse casts. And this was one of the better ones I've experienced in terms of how it was all structured to support um, everyone in the circumstance. I feel like I'm always going to be learning every single day you have to have the mindset of what What else am I going to learn? Because this is years and years of mindsets and behavior that so many of us, myself included, have like run amok. And now it's time not only to learn as much as we can about it, but to encourage others to learn. And that's hopefully what we're doing with this project.
1: Yeah, Michael, I'm, I was actually curious, you had mentioned how you had worked in human services and it and it sounds like you are actively working to help tell other people's stories. And you you talked about uh, whitewash and shelter, and you're currently working on the climb. What inspires the, uh, I'm sorry, I want to get the name right. Uh, what inspires the creative action unlimited to produce these types of plays and, and what sort of what's the catalyst for deciding to talk about homelessness or uh, class or race? You know, they're all so important. Where's the hierarchy? Where's the list?
2: Yeah, it's a wonderful question and and always challenging, particularly um, under the recent administration of the country. um, It was impossible to keep up with the topics that could have been covered. Um, It seemed as though, as soon as I thought, okay, we need to do a show about this thing that's just happened within 2 weeks there would be another huge thing um so it was a matter of choosing um first of all where was where was my personal energy because it's not just 3 months worth of work um it's a it's the long haul for me and so i need to know that i can sustain my energy and and my focus on a, on a project i think that's one of the ways that Um, that decisions get made, the other is, what have we done so far, you know, what haven't we done yet, Um, you know, what really needs attention, and is it, is it something that's not getting the kind of attention that it might need, you know, from other places, so there are currently issues going on that I'm very drawn to saying something about, but there are other places that are doing that, and I would rather try to fill a void if I can, um, so um, so you know, the shows that the shows that we've done, um, a lot of them are connected to, you know, I'm a retired human services person. I've worked in direct care and management and community building and all of that for a number of years. Um, and I worked in addictions uh, for a long time, and mental health and traumatic grief support and domestic violence uh, and coalition building. So I think if you, If you look at the variety of subjects that, you know, that where we've created original pieces, a lot of those reflect things that I feel solid and strongly about.
0: I'd like to give a little bit of space to talk about something else that you do uh, with creative action, which um, I think is really interesting. And have fortunately, we were able to bring you in to a production of Will Kemps to uh, help us with facilitating discussion about addiction. Um, and it's playback. Can you explain a little bit about what playback is?
2: Sure, so playback is a form of improvisational theater where people in the audience tell stories from their own lives that are played back as theater on the spot. Um, and so we have the Creative Action Playback Theater Company and that is also in its seventh year. Playback was, in, was created by Jonathan Fox, who lives in New Paltz, but it is now uh, an international art form. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a form of theater in action um, that, that really focuses on the incredible power of personal stories and the ways in which we can connect with each other um, just by sharing our stories in a guided way.
1: Sounds like heavily influenced by Bawal, I would imagine, Theater of the Oppressed. Yeah, cool. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get pushback uh from people telling you that it's not your story to tell or it's not your place or you're not doing it right or etc 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 there's a thousand ways you can be told what you're doing is inappropriate and if that's something you deal with how do you personally deal with that
3: i mean it journeys kind of back to listening i think Because again, if someone's telling you that from a position where they do have firsthand knowledge or experience, that's, that's the voice that needs to be heard in the room at that moment. So, you know, I can be wrong (laughs) and I probably am much of the time. And that's an okay thing, as long as I'm willing to listen to some of those perspectives. And again, I think it's, it's, more of a blessing than anything to get that and um, for people to be willing to share that. So, I mean, I don't know. Cause someone recently I was complaining about the word confrontation um, at, at our last, our, our last rehearsal ever for the climb. <laughs> um, and we were all very um, emotional. It's happy about it. And there I am sitting complaining about a discussion forum I had for school where someone Asked about confrontation, and it kind of is a similar question to this. And I was like, "Well, I think sometimes the issues need to be confronted, and I don't think confrontation in this um, in this negative light. I don't see the word confrontation in a negative light or or with that type of connotation. And I see confrontation as something that is neutral, could be positive or negative, and oftentimes in these circumstances, and like the what you're asking about it's a good thing. Confronting the issue is a good thing because think about what happens when you don't confront it or when it's not confronted um, and you don't receive that feedback, so.
2: Um, thanks for the question. It's, uh, it's always a concern of mine. Um, I think the main thing I want to say is, uh, is what has come out of discussions for me with the cast of Whitewashed. Um, because they were asked this, they were asked this in talkbacks, and, uh, and I also asked them to do some commentary on film um, about what it was like to work with me as a white director. Um, and, uh, and, and, I, and I think the most salient point, the thing that really stayed with me was that as a white person, I have privilege and it's my job to use my privilege for the benefit of marginalized communities. So, although I might be a white person who has been low income most of my life, and you know, certainly working in human services doesn't make you rich, um, and who has um, and who has had my own set of challenges personally and in my family, um, I still have privilege, and um, and whatever privilege I have. I am absolutely committed to using it for the sake of people who have less privilege than I do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I, I often struggle with that conversation as well of how to contribute to a marginalized conversation, not being a marginalized individual. So I appreciate your honesty in that. Um, and you mm-hmm. sort of both have brought up, you are now actually recording the climb um, so uh, let's put it into a little real world conversation. What is what is that like? Actually, uh, getting to to film some of these stories. Uh, you know, is it uh, is it fun? Scary? Emotional? Uh, where do you tend to fall on that roller coaster of a ride? That I assume it is.
2: I'm gonna ask Mike and Aliyah to answer. Yes, first. put them <laughs> on the
1: spot, please.
0: Um, so filming. <laughs> how's filming been? Filming has been as far as uh my experiences on like sets film sets go uh there's i think uh, something that the core of this group being mostly theater related creators something that is kind of translated well into this process is that in theater for more you know more or less if you're working with a theater company that respects your time um things happen at a specific time and you go into you know you have your block of rehearsals that are kind of blocked out or your 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 you know your tech whatever even if you're gonna be there for six hours you're told you're gonna be here for six hours um what happens a lot with film is it's like an open-ended question it's an open-ended thing it's like you might get out of here in eight hours you might get out of here in 16 hours because there's a presumption that if you're here longer we'll just pay you more um when you're working on like a smaller project like this that's not that's not possible um and also uh just having the schedule just be like hey we're we're filming until possibly six it's five o'clock it'd be nice to get something else in but realistically it won't happen go home so like that has been that has been really nice um and then specifically just to the to the project itself um and and what we're building and the world we're kind of building it's actually kind of i don't know how it's going because i haven't seen any of the footage you know what i mean like Um, I've been told it's amazing but you know I don't really know Um, and that's kind of the cool thing about film is that you know everyone kind of gets to find out together you know more or less you know when you get to sit and look at the final product.
3: Yeah that's going to be that's something again I'm not used to because I have not um, done much with film especially with my face being filmed (laughs) so um... So it's definitely, it's so funny. Anytime they're setting up and they turn that little like monitor thing that they're all like staring at forever and they turn it toward you and you're like, oh my God, am I going to see my own face? And then they turn it back and you're like, oh, darn it, missed it, you know? (laughs) But I mean, that really is the thing. You really don't know um, how, like I feel good about things. I feel really great about things. I feel really great about some of the stuff I witnessed Not on stage and watched other people do takes of, and um, and it's really, really coming together in ways that, um, that are very exciting. I don't know. It's just the excitement of not knowing as well as what you have seen and trying to piece that all together into (laughs) you know into answering this type of question. (laughs) Um, uh, it's I don't know. It's very it's very cool. I. I enjoy this process. And again, everyone's really respectful of time. The film crew is just flying through things. They, you know, they used a dolly, or I think that's what it's called, that dolly thing that they like slide around. And we, you know, we, we helped a little with loading where we were allowed to and responsible enough to. <laughs> and I know Siobhan and I put that together. And now when they use it, I'm like, that thing, that thing I learned about you know, so um, it's really, it's just a great learning experience for me that I'm enjoying every step of the way. I'd like to say
2: a few things. Um, one is a um, huge shout out to the filmmaker of The Climb. The primary filmmaker is John Romeo. Um, he's working with an incredible film crew and, uh, and I couldn't be happier with, you know, with the work that they're doing. And I am so lucky because John is editing super fast because the because the film premieres in November so I didn't leave him a lot of time for editing so he is uh they are filming on on a weekend and then John is sending me rough cuts of what was filmed so I was seeing it three or four days later and uh and yeah I get to see it and you don't get to see it and it it looks and amazing is exactly right I mean This cast is is phenomenally talented. Um, We're doing this in a way that I have not done film before. Um, When we've done film, we've kind of uh, so far done it in a more classic way. And for this, we built a set. Um, So it is is a film stage performance. and some of the pieces of it were leaning a little more toward film techniques and some were leaning a little more toward stage techniques. Um, So it looks very different than anything I've done so far and it looks super cool.
0: And also as as we're shouting out um, production folks, uh, our assistant director, stage manager extraordinaire uh megan ryan she's been amazing um with like just making sure doing all the things that you need a really good stage manager to do making sure actors are where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there giving us lines helping with the film crew set shot, set up shots and slating and just being really supportive so um it's another person uh and then i think we should probably mention the other actors in the play <laughs> or in the sh- in the movie um uh, there's there's Here's a, a few of them siobhan Shea, tony polone christoph di maria season one guest aka ragliacci rags season two guest david quinonius junior
2: you have sarah pachini
0: Sarah Elie Elisheva. What is Elisheva's last name? Oh. Novella. Elisheva Novella and Jay Cherie. Jay Cherie. Yeah.
1: So it's been, it's been really That is really a awesome. really cool name. Novella. Yeah, she does have a really good name. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I know that's completely off topic, but that's just a really cool stretch of syllables. Uh, I didn't realize you were all building the uh, set for this as well. What's the what's the aesthetic of this work?
2: My, my goal was to have it look kind of industrial and bleak. Um, it focuses on race and class and with the focus on uh, the economic oppression of people of color in America. I wanted that kind of industrial look. And I think we've managed to do that. Absolutely. Mike
3: had that brilliant idea with the rails and I can't get over it. It's just it, it's
0: tied, tied everything right together, right? Oh
3: man, it really did. It really did. And I just looked at it and I kept bothering you too, as you're doing it. And I'm just like, these are going to be great. And I'm just like, he's got to be sick of me saying that over and over.
0: Uh, so much of this process was us just telling each other how great we were. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> which is which somebody me. has to do it
0: <laughs> we all need that you know yeah. congratulating each other for like a scene coming together or a piece mm-hmm. that has just finally got that last sweet little touch that makes it like sends it right over we really
3: did we just congratulated mm-hmm. each other on everything like whether we showed up to rehearsal full of like <laughs> 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 you know we were just all it was it was again when you when that supportive environment is built um and then you're putting together these really awesome collaborators. It, um, that, that sort of energy came together, which I really enjoyed in this process and is kind of necessary for this type of work that we're doing.
2: One of the most challenging things about this process is getting the actors to stop collaborating <laughs> um, because when they've worked together for so long, it's such a collaborative environment, and then we move into rehearsals in person, and I'm saying, okay, you can still collaborate, we're still collaborating, and then we get to off book date, and I feel like, hey, I'm in charge now. <laughs> the cast is like, yeah, but we have other ideas, and you know, and we wanna keep collaborating. It's like, okay, well, now it's three days before we film. <laughs> really, I really need to be in charge now. And they're like, okay, but we just have these other ideas. I mean, that's exactly the kind of like energetic collaborative Uh, experience that we want to create and it is a little challenging from the director's point of view
1: but oh yeah I mean as a director finding that balance between keeping everyone's energies up and in a good collaborative space uh, versus knowing that you have you personally have something to film in a couple days yes or uh, usually in my case of you guys are going to go in front of an audience in three days you should probably land on something that you want to (laughs) do Um, I also think you guys are very lucky. Mike does not tend to share his construction skills with just anybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time, and I've learned uh, when to when to let those uh, be known.
2: So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we strong armed him too. You know, no. it was like, you must Mike, really can like you, you build the set, or should we not have?
0: A set? <laughs> <laughs> At least I didn't have to build the platforms; they were already there. <laughs> Uh, well, um, I actually, uh, I, I have specifically wanted to ask um, both of you, and then, you know, you can decide if you have something to add or not. Um, but when, um, so we're coming up on the last weekend of filming, and, um, and as we roll into this weekend, what are some of the feelings that come up? And I only ask this because um, because you want to make them both. Cry. I want to make them both cry. No, <laughs> right. uh, I only ask this because uh, something that people ask me a lot, especially about shows or or film projects that I'm working on, that um, either you know aren't aren't highly paid or maybe they don't pay at all. So, like, what's what is it that keeps you going? And for me um it's community so and that's kind of like the the theme through this part of our 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 season is community so what is what is the community that we we've built uh over these last several months um mean to you
1: i was like i can't speak to this one i can't (laughs) fill space (laughs) on this one
3: Oh, no you're part of the community no. Now. Yeah, yeah. now. no before right. you got into all the 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 heartwarming mumbo jumbo when you were like what are your thoughts <laughs> going into filming and I'm literally thinking that one goddamn costume change in between the scene. and that's then you fine. got all that's sentimental and I was like change. oh it's the costume change
0: that's where you're at and I was so. like
3: all right I guess that's <laughs> not no. um, well and this is this is what's the rewarding, I mean, and all of it's been rewarding, I've discovered, but, um, but I, was, I I always had so much root in live theater and in in-person interactions. Um, and I mean, our, our interactions with the collaborators are in person, of course, but, um, but one thing that you don't get with theater, I mean, yeah, you can get those like archival amateur videotapes of what you do. And you're like, oh, that blur in the red is me. No.
0: <laughs>
3: um, But one thing that actually is kind of a comfort to me emotionally with the thought of wrapping it up is that there is that it is going to be immortalized. Um, and I'm sure that's a comfort to a lot of people and a draw to a lot of people that do film that I didn't really understand much until this process. Um, and, and of course, I'm going to miss seeing everybody every day and um, the weird shit we say in check ins, you know, um, <laughs> the weird stuff that goes on. Um, but I, I, I have a lot of comfort in looking back and remembering all of that anytime I want to go watch a piece of it or share a piece of it with other people. Um, And that's that's kind of new and different, um, a new and different way for me to preserve that connection with people. And it's not the same as being in person, but uh, but every project ends, you know, and um, it's it's kind of a nice thing to have. And especially about something that's important that, you know, is going to do good on top of all of that. Um, or, you know, or hope it does, or hope it starts those conversations,
0: sure.
3: you know, that change. So um, so that's where I'm sitting with it.
2: Well, I would say every project ends except at Creative Action Unlimited, because, <laughs> um, because every production that we create continues to be available. So even though The Climb is primarily a film, um, we created it as a stage production as well. And it's available ongoing as either, so people can license the film, or they can uh, they can contract with Creative Action Limited to bring the stage production of the climb um, within like a certain number of miles of the capital region, and we will go and perform it live if that's what if that's what an organization chooses to do. Um, So there's no escaping creative action, (laughs) you know, unless somebody says, no, I'm just committing to the film. And I'm incredibly grateful to this cast because, you know, when I got to the point where I said, so are you willing to perform this live ongoing? The answer among the whole cast was yes. Um, And that was at a point when people had already been working together for almost six months. And, um, And we're undoubtedly tired and stressed. Um, So that tells me a lot about, you know, about the community that we built among the cast. Um, And I hope that um, I hope too that every person involved in the climb and in every production that we do considers themselves an ongoing part of Creative Action Unlimited. I won't say the Creative Action Unlimited family because there's dysfunctional families and we try not to be (laughs) But, you know, in terms of my feelings, I'm gonna speak very briefly because I'll ruin my whole image if I start to cry. (laughs) Um, Got a
0: reputation to uphold.
2: That's right. Um, But, you know, I mean, everybody says if it's a theater production, everybody as a theater production ends says, you know, We'll be friends forever, you know. Like I can't, I can't imagine being away from you guys. And I mean, it really is this intense um, experience to create um, even a scripted production and work on that for a couple months. So you can imagine um, how how much deeper um, the emotional connections are when you've created a project like this. So when I walk out of um, filming on Sunday night, other than just being exhausted um, and somewhat relieved that I'm sure we're gonna get through filming everything that we still have to do in the next couple of days or else. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, comfort, I comfort myself with the idea that, you know this group still exists. They're still connected to each other. They're still connected to Creative Action Unlimited and will stay connected to the community um otherwise honestly I don't know
0: how I can do it well uh all all those sentiments I would have to say I I agree with and I also I would like to add that um there's a level of that we've been able to kind of get to that is very rare for me as like a performer of color you know as as an actor of color just because like literally all of what we've been doing is surrounded around, you know, surround um, kind of dependent on us being able to be really honest with each other and um, in ways that most people aren't comfortable with being honest. Even if you're in a production where you feel like you're super close with everyone that's in the production, just the type of work that we've been doing has enabled me to, to kind of forge those same relationships on a level that is new so that is definitely uh something that i appreciate and you know some of the people in this cast i knew very well um you know before we got going and but most people i didn't know very well at all and uh and i feel like at this point um just been you know six months in it's been It's been very interesting, challenging at times,
1: but, you know, very, very much a new experience for me.
0: And that's enough. We're going to stop getting all mushy. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, that seems like uh, a great place to sort of uh, wrap up our interview today. I just want to say thank you, Michael and Aliyah, for coming on and, you know, sharing that honesty with us on our podcast today. Thank you for uh, inviting me into your community, if for only... Uh, an hour. I cannot wait to see the climb that is going to premiere at Madison Theatre on November 19th backed by Creative Action Unlimited.
0: Albany, New York. Come check it out. And to our listeners, if you would like to join in on this conversation, you know where to find us. You can find us at www.facebook.com slash active listeners pod or
1: you can also check us out on the Twitters at ActListPod. And as always, join in the conversation.
0: Peace. If you like what you hear leave us a rating and if you really like what you hear and you want to support the show go to patreon.com slash active pod and become a patron our theme music it's a trap was created by remodel thanks for listening